0: Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30 somethings on life my kid has an asthma. Love. Did I tell you about the acrylic me twice in a week? And the never ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony,
1: but most people just call me Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. Me and Turg were talking, and we realized that the last few episodes have been pretty relationship heavy. So we want to make sure we switch it up and and do justice to the broad spectrum of things that we want to talk about on on this podcast.
0: Can you really call the last few episodes relationship heavy? I think so. Where I was going with that is, I think they were like strictly relationship based. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Trying, so I think they're like relationship jam packed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I'm that I'm that talking really about heavy. in
1: in the sense of all of our episodes combined the last few have been yeah no, that then. was pretty ridiculous yeah. so i don't want to talk about my exes for a while
0: if yeah you let's not mind. do that and and me the same when when did when did you talk about your? Exes? i don't think i did okay i don't like that i don't like that what talking about it or hearing yeah, about mine hearing about no talking about wow yeah. tell me how you really feel what said talking about no that's not what you said initially (laughs) Freudian slip right (laughs) so we're going to be getting into something a little bit touchy today Um, we're going to be getting into something that might piss a few people off probably uh, probably from our generation because we're going to be talking about
1: millennials Millennials.
0: and (laughs) providing our perspective and a lot of our opinion on how we view our own generation fuck millennials fuck millennials fuck Fuck millennials Millennials. so today's topic is entitled ha titled (laughs) i get what you did there right fuck millennials and their sense of entitlement randy how do you feel about that honestly i think millennials
1: get a bad rap with this whole entitlement conundrum can we call it a conundrum i guess you can because a lot of it is not self-identifying. It's, it's what older generations are perceiving us as. Like you like to say, perception is reality,
0: right? Yeah, perception is the reality. And I've been learning that the hard way throughout my professional career, unfortunately. Why? Well, I mean, you know, the way you present yourself, right? Look at me. I have tattoos. I used to have piercings. I have a shaved head and a beard. I don't know what people would think of me. I don't know what I think of me. But there is a perception about me, obviously. Okay. There has to be. There's a perception about everybody. Absolutely. You see a fat person, fat person's lazy. You see a fit person, fit person's not lazy. That's a perception. Is it reality? It is now. Okay. So that's how our society operates. Is it so surprising that the perception is now the reality and that, that dictates? Even though it frustrates me. Beyond belief, to be honest. It's still true. Is it though? It is because it is. Well, what would be the root of entitlement, really? Okay, so I, I guess overconfidence would be one. Overconfidence. Right. Millennials are painted as overconfident people.
1: Why would they be overconfident? In what regard? Are we talking the esteem of self?
0: <laughs> self-esteem? Oh, you took it there, huh? Yeah. The esteem of self. Can you do that? Can you, do you know that reference? those words? Do you know that reference? No, I don't.
1: It's that like Cat Williams, one of his first major stand-ups. Oh, no. He's no. like- I wouldn't remember it, but I've probably seen it. <laughs> he said, how can I make you feel bad about yourself, bitch? That's self-esteem. That's esteem of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Only he would fucking
0: invert those words. <laughs> fucking Cat Williams. So the esteem of self. Yes. As you so succinctly put it, or (laughs) inverted, whatever. So, too much self-esteem. Where are you going with that? Well, the two places I'm going with it, because... Why do you always have two? Because that's just how my mind works. (laughs) That is just how my mind works. I have to call that out, because you've been doing that a lot. I'm sure people listening are like, this motherfucker and two... He always forgets one, but he has two. Where'd the other one go?
1: (laughs) It's just a novelty. (laughs) But the first one, I think the self-esteem and the confidence factor comes into play with two places. First being self-esteem. And I talk about self-esteem in the sense of, I guess it's easier for me to explain. I took classes for self-esteem in elementary school. Okay. That was not my choice. That was mandated by whoever made the you know Secretary of education put that into play for educational programs or board of education for it was my like district a state thing it was, I think it had to be a state mandated because okay. who would put that in elementary school curriculum if they didn't need to? Uh, right? I have no idea yeah that was not my choice, but if you created a monster, i am sorry, I uh, think highly of myself yeah do and you? I do think highly of myself and I, I, I point I can see it explicitly in the way I see many jobs or tasks or anything that I I take on. I don't think there's anything that is too hard to figure out. I can figure this shit out. If it's something I'm trying to do or trying to learn, I can figure it out.
0: Yeah, we are very functional, right? On the fly learners,
1: kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. So in that regard, I feel like my self-esteem is incredibly high. And it might come off as as arrogant or it might come off as overconfident, but I just don't see things as that complicated, that I couldn't break it down to a simple format for myself
0: and really figure it out. No, I get that too a lot. No, when... I mean, when I quit my job and I was going for interview after interview after interview, I got arrogant a lot. What do you mean? That's feedback. I got, I I was arrogant. Yeah. In the interview. I'm sorry, that didn't, that wasn't very clear. I was like, I got arrogant a lot, huh? Yeah, that was bad English, but I got arrogant, comma, a lot during those interviews. And that was a lot of the, uh, the central theme of, I think I was overcompensating almost, right? trying to paint the picture that I was better than what I really was when in reality I didn't need to because had I gotten the job, I would have definitely proven myself, but it's hard to put that forward in an interview. So I had an interview with a recruiter for a job at a yogurt uh, facility. They made the fruit for like Dannon or something like oh, that. I thought you
1: were going to say yogurt land in a very sophisticated manner. <laughs>
0: no, I yeah, know. Um, it would have been interesting working for Yogurtland though. though. So, she she told me her, her main critique was you're you're very arrogant kid. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? It's like I know my shit. She was like, you come off very cocky. Very cocky, very full of yourself. Tone that down a little bit. People don't like hearing that. It's hmm. like, well, that's naturally it's how I am, you know. It's like I'm over over the top cuz I want you to get the point, I want you to get the message.
1: Because I think people are stupid, so I lay it out there for them, including you.
0: Right. <laughs> but that feedback was actually what changed, what kind of righted the ship for me in terms of how I should present myself professionally. Hmm. And that, that, that does kind of leach in through to my uh, personal life as well. You see, for me, there's
1: because I'm taking this as you have a wealth of knowledge and a lot of things that you're good at and things that you can bring to the table that could help with the job that you might have been applying for. Yeah. Right. For me, I try to have like a separation of church and state for all the things that I liked and that I was good at and that I was proficient at. Right. Whether it be from the film, the photography, uh, the music production, the editing, all that stuff. You know, when I'm working, if I, if I was going up to a, to a label and we're saying, oh, yeah, I, we, can, we can produce this album, I can do the headshots and do the album cover art and get, you know, the graphic design stuff, we, I can do all that stuff in the house. It's not a big deal. I felt like, they started to question my not only my abilities, but my commitment to my craft. Like, well, what is your thing?
0: Right, you're not specialized enough. Right. You and, might be great at everything, but you're not really good at this one thing that we need you to be good at.
1: Right, and for me, it's just like, well, no, I, I had to learn to do all these things by design and then by pure interest is where I really started. But to make ends meet and to make, you know. Cutting cost. Yeah, just to cut cost. I had to be the most fiscally conservative, but then also still put out a good solid product. And I'm not going to push it out that I'm not proud
0: of, right? Right. Well, I would hope not. <laughs> Although that's the thing. I mean, with us, it, it boils down to one singular fact when it comes to confidence, and that is that we have a lot of it. And, and I mean, it could have been the self-esteem classes, the state mandated, That's which I find fucking hilarious.
1: Actually, you know what? It's, I did go to private school in elementary school. It could have just been part of their curriculum.
0: Oh, dude. Really?
1: No, I just thought about it. That's probably what it was.
0: <laughs> I was out. Yeah, I, I didn't take those. Well, I went to private school my whole life.
1: The puppets are so creepy. Hmm. We had the self-esteem puppet.
0: That's going to be the title of this episode. (laughs) The puppets are so creepy. (laughs) We're scrapping the old title. That's it. Gone. Gone. I I really just hated self-esteem classes. I mean, what would you do in those classes? You had to practice
1: like positive self-talk. And now that I think about it, we were forced to do that in baseball too. At Riverside, we had to go see a team psychologist. We had to, you know, they, they would assess us and see how negative or positive we were with affirmations. And we had to stop being like, coaches were no longer allowed to yell at us. We had to always encourage each other. Even if you dropped the ball, it's like, all right, shake it off. Let's move on. Let's keep uh, going. That's
0: weird. That's like the military shifting from berating uh, recruits to, oh, it's okay. Like they can't formally cuss at you anymore, I guess, mm-hmm. or, or berate you.
1: I, I wouldn't know actually, but.
0: I heard, I heard. Whatever. (laughs) So that's it. Our society has come to conform to our needs, which is weird. So here's a here's a thing that perplexes me. It's a dichotomy. We're overconfident, but we need to be coddled. How so? Well, that's coddling. Mm, Oh, it's mm. okay. Uh, Participation trophies, one, two, um. The whole military thing shifting because people found it offensive that they were being berated. I mean, I don't even want to comment on that because I'm just not as familiar. Yeah, me either. So that's that's one thing that is true, I believe. If I'm wrong, correct me. Um, and the whole... At, at Turk says no. <laughs> correct me, at Turk says no. And the whole participation trophy thing, did I mention that already? You did, but... I
1: don't know what we're going to cut, what we're going to keep. So let's keep rolling with it. Anyway, so participation trophies. Let's
0: talk about that for a second.
1: Did you get participation trophies? No.
0: I don't uh, remember. Let me think. There might have been a couple. There might have been a couple, yeah.
1: I don't remember getting a participation trophy. And if I did, I didn't care because I didn't get the, the big trophy. And that's what I cared about. Yeah,
0: I wanted the big trophy, not that little shitty fucking... Yeah, no. I didn't want that. Or if we got the big team trophy...
1: I had the little tiny shit and I was like, what the fuck is, I want the big one. Like, why are you giving me a little one? I don't care about this little stupid thing.
0: Yeah. But the big one was a team trophy. That makes more sense. But the little one was like, yeah, okay, you participated in this and your team won. The team keeps the big trophy, right? The coach, I guess. Coach. Which happened to be one of the kid's dads. So thereby, the kid. Got the big trophy. Yeah. Son of a bitch. But here, that's the thing. I don't get it. We have allegedly a lot of confidence but need to be, need positive reinforcement, and need to be... I don't know. I think they were, they were doing a lot of
1: research in probably the late 70s, early 80s, and trying to apply it to our generation and further to make significant social strides, I would assume. And then they don't like the way we come out because of it, or the way we turn out.
0: Sure. And they've actually, they've created their own Frankenstein and they can't kill it now because we are the largest generation since baby boomers, I think. I think so. I think we are the largest since baby boomers. And that's big. And right now we're hitting our stride, you know, we're, a lot of the, the laggards are hitting their thirties now, late twenties, early thirties or thirties.
1: Yeah. I had a moment earlier this week, my younger cousins turned 30. All of them turned 30 in March. Really? Three of them. Wow. And I was like, in my head, they're still like little babies, you know, just not, I mean, they're grown ass men, but like, they're still like, in my head, they're like in their early twenties. And I was like, bro, you, you turned 30, you're 30 now. He's like, yeah.
0: Wow. Do you know I have a podcast? You should listen to it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, aside from confidence, I think the next biggest thing is um, the fact that I think we're just surrounded by too much, right? There's too much of everything. There's too much excess. Oh, just in life, just too many options, too many... Right now, we're in a heavily weighted, consumer-driven world. And that yields significant opportunity just to get your hands on almost anything and everything that you want, right? Right. At any time of day... Within the hour. Within the hour, even. I told you about that whole Yeah, Amazon that blew my thing. mind. I
1: don't, I don't have that option where I live. <laughs>
0: It's on everywhere, I don't think, but it popped up for me the other day, and I was like, oh, I can get this. In, no, I don't think it's an hour. I think it's two hours, and oh, they will deliver wow. it.
1: Two hours versus one hour.
0: That's a long time, man. Okay. I don't want to, when I click that fucking button, I want it now, and that's the thing, right? It's that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. But that, it's because we're surrounded by so much of that excess, and companies are vying for the next best thing. Right? They're trying to get our business. They're trying to compete with each other to make it faster, better, cheaper.
1: You're going to go def Punk on me. Faster, <laughs> better, stronger.
0: Pooch, 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 pooch. Sorry. I wish you could hear the crickets in here because there is a cricket <laughs> in here right now. But, I'll, tr-
1: I'll turn up the game.
0: <laughs> so you got too many people with too many hobbies spread too thin like myself. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit. I am number one, bad, too many hobbies. And I don't commit to any of them. Mm -hmm. Do you have that? I have a different issue, which is I try to monetize every single hobby. Hmm. That's bad.
1: It is bad. And so I've been, I've been scaling down, figuring out, trying to figure out what I want to really put my focus into. And I think it just changes with the season. Something I'm learning, something I'm still figuring out. So sorry, but
0: yeah. No, it's good to share. So we have, we have that. Yeah, I guess that uh, could go in the fact that you have your hands in many pots, like you're trying to be that entrepreneur, right? right. You're trying to get that going. You're you're not as career focused, but you are career focused. Right. right? I, it's
1: almost like more of a design my own career. Right. Kind of deal.
0: But that's excessive, right? You have way too many things going on, Still, too many options. Too many options. Love and romance. You got plenty of fish, match, uh Tinder, um mail order. Mail is that still a thing? Because I think so. I've always wanted to see like what is on the other end of that package. Like, does she come in a box with holes drilled into it? It's like a sponge, and you add water. Oh, I love those toys.
1: <laughs> I right. wouldn't mind having a wife like
0: that. <laughs> wow. You're ridiculous, baby. Can I get an, can I get one of those? She won't <laughs> talk. She's just there for pleasure.
1: Wow, <laughs> that is horrible.
0: So here we got love. An excess of love, an excess of options there in the dating world. I mean, you got so much shit to choose from. And social media. And that doesn't really help anything either because you got a lot of that how shit how you too. get your
1: information is now so, I mean, it's not watered down. But even some reputable outlets are liable for clickbait. Too. Oh, Just CNN. Get,
0: yeah. No, Donald Trump wasn't lying about that, fake news. You scroll to the bottom of the CNN page. You have a portion that says "paid." Sponsors, and then you have a portion that says "more from CNN," but that's under the paid sponsors one. First off,
1: fake, I'm not news. Gonna, I'm not gonna give, fake news. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give any. Validity. CNN is fake news. I'm not going to give any. Don't validity even. to are fake
0: news too. <laughs> Stop it! Get out! Get out! Get out of here! I'm gonna you're, rip down your flag. You're now dismissed from the uh, press hall. They are horrible. <laughs>
1: I refuse. I refuse to believe. Sean Spicer. I refuse to believe. <laughs> I refuse to believe that he had that much insight to believe that's what fake news meant. That might be the truth. I with, think, I think with, you're right. <laughs> I believe the truth of what you're pointing out, <laughs> as paid content is getting higher and there's compromises happening in, in the uh Stop toenail fungus with this remedy now. Information I saw that
0: the other day, I was like, "What the fuck?" Okay.
1: Anyway, I refuse to believe that he is as insightful as that comment there's was. There's a
0: lot of bullshit information out there. You're right, and he's not insightful at all. He's just spouting off at the fucking mouth, running off at the mouth, talking shit because he doesn't know any better. But here we go. You still have all that information, right? It's information overload in every regard, right? We can look at, if I want to do something tomorrow, like learn how to jet ski or parasail, something fucking crazy off the wall. I can go on Google right now Google it, find out where to buy all this shit, buy it, find someone to teach me how to do it, and I could be a fucking pro at it in two weeks. Well, maybe not a pro at it. I, but say, I don't but think you be fairly a pro. proficient.
1: You also have to have a lot of time and money to be able to do that. But that's yeah,
0: it. let's assume that that those are not factors. Factors, right? Okay. Okay, that's fucked up, isn't it? Like it's so we get everything so fast. We can have it all if everyone can do it. I can do it too.
1: But I think that comes down into a person's individual drive and desire to do those things, because not everybody's cut out for that, and not everybody has the self starter mentality. Because I was talking to a friend that. You know, he wants all the things that I'm doing right now, he wants to do. Oh, yeah, you know, I want to buy investment properties. I want to start a business. I want to do a podcast. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I didn't actually get that far. But I asked him, I was like, what's stopping you? He's like, oh, well, I want to go to B school first so I can learn how to do it. i was just like. You don't need that. Right. I was like, well, why? why? I mean, I could tell you exactly how to file your LLC or file, you know, whatever business any that you want to do or. Or here's access to the MLS. You can find whatever properties they might be interested in. Do assessments as far as what the taxes are, what the rent, you know rent control, all that good stuff. As far as when you're making assessments on rental yeah income properties, right? Yeah, what to buy and how to buy it. And he's like, yeah, but I think I'd, I'd make better decisions after I have a I have a degree. And I was like, oh, okay. I just Validation let it go. is necessary.
0: Yeah. Right. That's funny. I was talking to a friend today, um, really good friend of mine, Danny. You know Danny, right? Tall guy. Danny the tall guy.
1: That's helpful, yeah. Cause I mean which which of your friends are tall.
0: It's weird how that happens. I don't know how that happens, but I just make friends with friends with tall people. I think it averages out my height in the end. So I'm really like when I'm standing next to them, I'm five ten in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> right? I didn't mean to laugh so heartily. <laughs> <laughs> Done a lot of thinking about that. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell. I don't know if it shows. <laughs> yeah, five ten in spirit. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. That's my That's my tag. Anyway, line.
1: you're talking to your friend, Danny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was talking to my friend, Danny, and we were talking about this whole validation thing. Right now, he's going to a program at USC, and it's for entrepreneurs, very entrepreneurial minded, mm-hmm. to teach you how to become an entrepreneur. I thought that was kind of heavy handed.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I also have issues with people that don't know the difference between an entrepreneur and being a small business owner, because entrepreneur is more aligned with the idea of the startup, the creating, the incubation of an idea. Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily meant to stay with it and help it flourish. They get it off the ground and then people come in that are better suited to take it to the next level yeah. and to grow it. Okay. So the entrepreneur is like the idea guy kind of deal. And I think a lot of people confuse that. And it bothers
0: me. I don't know why, but it just does. Mm. We all have our pet peeves about those kinds of things. That, for me, is not one. But I appreciate that insight. And, and that is kind of true. I, I oftentimes get the two confused, but it, it is what it is at this point. But here we go, back to that talk. So Denny and I were talking about a lot of the future endeavors that we both want to get into. He kept going back to the fact that he needs to be validated. He needs to feel validated. So he wants to get a job, learn processes, learn how companies work and all that. While I think that's all fine and dandy, sometimes it comes to a point in, in your life where you have to decide, do I have time for that, Right. right? Do I have time to be validated or to mm-hmm. get validation from other people? And that goes along the lines of, of trying to seek out and, and gain that experience without necessarily gaining it, mm-hmm. right? It's indirect being mentored almost, yeah. right? Accelerated process.
1: It's funny you say that because I'm going through the same issue with my student worker right now. And he has, I mean, it's not the best amazing idea, but he has a solid idea for this app. And he's already kind of put it into practice and he's going for it. But he's hell bent on finding an internship this summer. And I was like, you have something that's going to be more valuable in experience than an internship. Right. Why aren't you putting more time into that? Like you already have like a solid foundation. You just need to dedicate the time to really get it off the ground and launch it.
0: I think that actually really harkens to the fact that while people perceive us to have a lot of confidence, we might not in reality have a whole lot of confidence in ourselves. Right. Because Possibly. if we had a lot of that confidence in ourselves, that student worker would go for that opportunity and, and seize it. And my friend Danny, whom I was speaking to about the need for validation and, and making yourself legitimate in the eyes of other people, you don't, that, that you should have the confidence in yourself enough to say, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to take this leap of faith. But the way that the economy is set up right now and the way that things are all going right now, I don't think it's, Necessarily the right environment for that anymore. I think Mm-mm. things are kind of shifting a little bit, right? Yeah. It's a lot riskier to do that with the benefits and the healthcare and all that. Right. It's kind of, you know, even though the healthcare vote failed, right? Well, they didn't get it for yeah, now. For now. I don't think he has enough energy or enough firepower or enough credibility anymore to do it again or to try it again. But
1: he still is 45 and has the audacity to do it again.
0: I think, you know what, as Foolish as he is on the on the forefront, in front of everyone, behind closed doors, I, I think there is some method to his madness. And he knows when to call it quits. And we'll see. I don't know. I, I might be completely I off know. my shit right now. Maybe. I think he knows when to call I it quits. I think
1: quit. that's an overly confident assessment. This is me hoping, I think. No, that's you being too confident in yourself, thinking that you know Ooh, what is going to
0: fuck. On. <laughs> so, Sorry. I think going back to... Going back to what we were talking about earlier, I think the validation is necessary in some regards and not in others. And I think that goes to the whole performance aspect, okay? So performance-wise, we are not necessarily taken seriously a whole lot in the workplace. And this is one thing that I struggle with. A lot of people actually think that we're underperforming because it doesn't seem like we're doing a whole lot of work. So I was listening to a podcast, and I think we spoke about this before on uh, Harvard Business Review. It's called IdeaCast, I believe. And they were talking about this a while ago about how people are forced to work longer hours because it gives a perception of working harder. You ever see that
1: movie, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying? No. It's an old musical or whatever. It was one of my favorites. But that was one of the tactics that the guy used to be able to get from entry-level mailroom to a board of directors by the end of the movie is he would come in early and it was set up like papers all over the place and he'd pretend he was asleep in the office from the boss came in and looked oh, like he nice. was working yeah.
0: really hard and overnight. So that goes back to the whole thing. Perception is reality. And that yeah. kind of set the stage for it, right? Yeah. So, I, I think that's a misconception, though. Would you agree that we, we don't really underperform and we don't have to work long hours in order to actually do the same amount of work as someone else?
1: I think one of the key things about our generation and growing up with this idea, not idea, but this concept of screen time has made us better at multitasking and then automating a lot of our more, not to say monotonous, but some of the tasks that take up a lot of time but aren't as difficult and can be handled by a system.
0: So yeah. like finding shortcuts. Yeah, Shortcuts, life hacks, whatever you want to call it. Okay, and yeah, we're big on life hacks. I mean, we have a whole fucking site dedicated to that shit, and you can go and find anything. But people still think that we're underperforming.
1: Because it doesn't look like we're working hard. It's a perception.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But really, we are. I wouldn't say we're even working hard. I think it goes to that whole um, saying, work smart, not hard. And I keep reemphasizing that with my crew on my shift. And, you know, they're older. They're not millennials, but... They stick to what they know and what works. They stick to what they know and what works, right? I have a couple of younger guys. I have one, actually. And I can see his mentality is kind of aligned with what I do, what I think. But I'm constantly fighting the whole dichotomy. And here's that word again. I've been using that word a lot today. The dichotomy between the old school and the new school mentality and how I'm fighting the old school mentality, but I see myself succumbing to it a lot more. And I got to fight that off and Remember my roots. Remember my roots. I am a millennial. I have to work smart and not hard. So why would I expect him to work hard and not smart? So I set my guys up for that success. Like, How can we do things better, faster, smarter, and not work ourselves to the fucking bone? I don't need you here 10 hours to get an eight hour job done. That's asinine. Right. Plus I'm paying the overtime and that's frowned upon. But (laughs) I don't need that. And in a lot of companies, for salaried employees, Especially, they will expect you to work longer hours because the perception that it gives you more credibility—that you're working harder—when in all reality, people fuck off for ninety percent of their fucking day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're really only peak your peak productivity in an eight-hour day is what two hours, right? I think
1: who put that article? That was it, Tim Ferriss.
0: I don't know. His is the four-hour work. Oh, the four-hour work. I read another uh, book by a doctor who studied the psychology of the human mind in the workplace. And it was, I think, two hours of actual efficient work. So how to gear your whole day around those two hours. I don't get that book.
1: But I mean, that goes, that goes into the perception that millennials are lazy, right? And that we're, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the lack of being a self-starter. Yeah. But even just how we look in the workplace, if we're not working hard, then we're lazy. And it's just like, we're not, that's not necessarily the case. And I think being short-sighted to the output of work from the millennials, most people our age, I hate saying millennials. I feel it's weird. It's weird that you are now saying that I, as a millennial, when I think last year in one of our episodes, might have been like episode two or three, you you talked about you hated the term millennials and you do not identify
0: with being a millennial. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because I had a conversation with my sister recently about that very same thing she's like I don't identify with millennials and blah fuck millennials blah blah blah. I'm not a millennial I was like you are a millennial and look you're not alone because a lot a lot of us go through these hardships and struggles and we need a coping mechanism and i think that's why a lot of us do these podcasts oddly enough there are a lot of fucking podcasts out there there are a lot of podcasts but this is our coping mechanism this is our avenues our outlet for releasing all this creative energy venting this anger or emotion that we have i mean this is the way that we do is the way our generation copes and that's that's the thing i do hate the tag right and i hate and i appreciate you saying that you hate it too But we are, in the end, identifying as a singular body of people. Mm. And with that being said, there are a lot of similarities, a lot of differences, a lot of differences, granted. But when you generalize, you tend to kind of lump things into categories, which we have done today, just by circumstance. That's how it is. And we are a product of our generation. We cannot fight that. There's no way around that, right? Right. We have shared experiences, and that's one thing we've hit on before. We have a lot of shared experiences throughout our generation that have helped get us to this point in our lives. We've gone through one of the highest divorce rates for any generation, which is our parents, right? Yeah. We've gone through the economic recession. We've gone through a lot of shitty music and a lot of good music, (laughs) but a lot more shitty music than good music, in my opinion, in the past 20 years. Mm Mm-hmm. We've had to endure together. Suffice it to say, we have a lot of the same shared experiences that help bond us, to help bind us, to give us commonality that spreads throughout these 20 years from 1980 to 2000, right? That's millennial? Yeah,
1: 2000 or mid-2000s is when it cuts off.
0: Okay, whatever it is. We are bonded together by these events, and by these... Societal experiences, really. Yeah. And I feel like it is not too far off to kind of paint us in the same light. And again, I have to say there are a lot of differences, but we are very similar in the same regard. So along the lines of uh, you know, being measured by our performance and being perceived as underperformers, that might in a lot of our minds limit our potential for success, which is why I think a lot of us go toward the entrepreneurial route. So we want to be masters of our own success.
1: No, I, I disagree with that, actually. Really? I don't think that's why we go the entrepreneurial route. I think that's a product of our economy and the fact that we graduated. had Because I remember I had my first job. I got hired in, I want to say, October or January, somewhere between there, in 2007, early 2008. Okay. And by April, I had been pink-slipped. I'd let me know that that December... 22nd i remember remember that specifically was my last day they had run out of funding for my position because i was a state employee of california and at the time 2008 yeah that was it that was it right i at that moment and i've I've always had this in the back of my head or I, i grew up with this because at one point in time i think when i was six months old both my parents were unemployed right okay uh so I've always had the idea of I need multiple streams of income. I can't rely on just one, uh, okay. but that's just me in particular. Right? And, but I think a lot yeah. of people, when they're had, their back against the wall and they had no other option for jobs, look at yourself. What was your, your solution when you, were, when you were unemployed? I'm going to buy a business or go into a new business.
0: Yeah, immediately, actually. That was your thought. That was, that was the first because one. Because
1: that's, that's what options are available to you. If you can't get a job, if you can't get in somewhere, what do you do? Create your own. I think that's just a by-default response.
0: I, I, Well, I mean, it it does kind of parallel with the whole fact that because I don't think we can necessarily wrap our minds around the ability to succeed in a collaborative work environment sometimes because a lot of us might have trouble getting along with other people because we are so individually minded, right? It's,
1: well, I think that's for you specifically because I didn't Maybe. think you would... I didn't think you would be so into being a company man as you've become in those last
0: nine months. So why do you think that is though? Nine months? It's been two, three years. How old is my son? Three years. I still think even when you were with your previous employer,
1: you weren't necessarily thinking about staying there. You still had the idea of bouncing around doing different things. Now that you've at the current position, you are pretty committed and are planting roots in this company and plan to invest your time here.
0: I'll tell you my full-on plan offline, but, yeah, okay, there is, but there is a method to my madness.
1: I know. I, I understand that. But I'm just saying like, it, your entire demeanor has changed in your commitment to that career or to that company, which isn't very uh, standard in our generation to be committed to a company. No, like you're that.
0: absolutely right. It's not. But I'm hinging my success on this one company right? because of what it's, one, teaching me, two, providing for me, and three, taking care of my emotional and un- intellectual spirit. And that's very important for our generation. I yeah. think all those things kind of make us really aware of where we're working. And if one of those things is off or imbalanced, it'll fuck your whole shit up. Oh, yeah. That was very sophisticated right there, right? Fuck uh-huh. your whole shit up. It was. It was very <laughs> a nice, eloquent setup and <laughs> poof, just right in the face. <laughs> right in the face. And that's the, way, that's the way we are. I mean, we were very sensitive to that equilibrium. Things have to be harmonized. Things have to be balanced, and I feel like that success it hinges upon meaning and fulfilling work. And I'm—I I'm, feel like I'm part of a meaningful company doing a meaningful task, and it's fulfilling me because I'm getting a lot back in return. That is, and was really—I should say—that was the standard, right? Like you said, not so much for our generation.
1: No, but what changed for you? Because question is. Was that a reevaluation of what success meant to you or what was important in a career or in a, in a job, so to speak?
0: When I interviewed for this place, I knew that it would help me succeed because of the people there. I think it was just the environment, really. But what really changed my mentality was the fact that I am now going to be a father of two instead of one. And I have to take shit a little bit more seriously. I think that kind of stepped it up for me. That gave me... A little bit more of that anxiety it's like oh you know this shit's real now you know my son was more like a toy for me you know it was like a new shiny object that i could play with and i can mold and have him conform to my vision of what i wanted the perfect friend to be because he's my he's really my best friend you know and you're that parent now yeah, no, he's fucking cool, man. My son's awesome. He's an asshole still, but he's cool. <laughs> I, he will I meant, never change. I, meant,
1: I meant parenting as like, oh, we're actually more of
0: a parenting, right? Like a peer, peer parenting. parenting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think I'll do that. I still enforce my will upon him in terms of discipline. But the way that whole bringing a new life into this world and you're responsible for their well-being, their general well-being, you can't really bounce around too much. Now, what I've found... Why? Because without great risk, you know, there's, there's certain risks that you still need to take
1: even if there's a lot on the table, a lot more at risk with your family and liability. I think there's still risks that you're going to have to take with your career. So it's almost like you're playing it safe then.
0: Very true. There are a lot of risks. Doesn't mean I'm eliminating them from my life. I'm focused on this one thing with a majority of my energy, with whatever is left, which, mind you, is not much right now. I have my risk mm. and I'm hedging my bets if that for some whatever reason takes off great then my priorities will shift and I will let my company know that and they could do whatever they want but I feel like being where I'm at right now is such a great situation to be in that I have no complaints that mm. I can't I can't possibly turn my back on this because it's already given me so much in such a short amount of time six months seven it, months it really has and it gave me a new French press. <laughs> and pounds and pounds of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it really, I think it, that's what changed for me. A, a second kid. My daughter coming into this world really changed everything for me. Because I, I can't relate to that on any level, unfortunately. And one day I will,
1: maybe, will possibly, probably not. But that's neither here nor there. You said it, I'm not just kid, I'm just kidding. It. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And this is why my mom doesn't listen to the podcast so I, I can't relate to that on any level. And I think for for me, for myself, and what I saw as the picture of success, which was the going to college, getting a degree, getting a job, getting a home, starting a family, had to completely change. And it's not that I don't want those things. They're, it's just a different priority. Different. It's a, at a different number on my list of priorities now.
0: It doesn't matter the path you take to get there. just matters that you eventually get there.
1: Yes, but I'm talking about... Finding
0: fulfillment in other things. See, I was trying to be profound there. Okay. You, you were, but you just <laughs> you just shit on my pro- profanity. No, <laughs> <laughs> profundity. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was looking for the word profundity. Profound, uh, profund. profund? Fuck. I wasn't say proficiency. That's gonna bother me anyway. What were you trying to say? I want to make sure I don't make you feel bad about yourself. What were you trying to say? Oh, really? You're going there? (laughs) You're taking care of my emotional state.
1: I'm worried about your self-esteem. Where's my trophy? Here you go. That's your dildo. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) The black Goliath. (laughs) Anyway, I was talking about uh, reassigning value to your priorities. And they might be switching up at, you know, the order in which you prioritize certain things might switch as, as you grow, as you mature, as you get sure. older, right? And, and for me, you know, I still want the, 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 the traditional home, wife and kids, whole nine, but that's just not high up on my list of priorities right now, this right. month, this year, right. right? So I think just for, for being, if we're talking about millennials and defining success, I think a lot of them had to do, like we said, one of two things. They, they were forced into creating their, a new way, or carving out a new path for themselves, or finding fulfillment in other ways. So they take a shitty job because of the landscape of our economy and then start a podcast because they want to have a creative outlet.
0: Right. So we want to hear what you guys have to say about this and any thoughts you might have regarding our first of many to come of fuck the millennials (laughs) and their sense of entitlement. Do you agree or disagree with us? Did we generalize too much? Did we maybe go a little too hard on our generation? Did we piss you off? We'd definitely like to hear if we pissed you off. And you can find Turg and let him know. Why do you always deflect the negative to me? I don't mind the negative.
1: That's because that's why I deflected you. You I don't have mind the confidence. it. I, I take it personally, and it hurts my heart when I hear negativity.
0: Uh-oh, we don't want to kill Randy now, so direct all your negativity over to Ter- uh, at Turg says no. <laughs> or Turg Ter- <laughs> at talk302me.com. Randy, where can people find you? I
1: only want to hear about your positivity <laughs> at I Am Randy Z on Facebook, Instagram, <laughs>
0: and Twitter. We out Let's Ride. Oh, was that good?
1: <laughs> Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk30 to me. We hope you enjoy it and
0: continue to share it with friends. Make sure you stop by our website at talktheoryto.me.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes, and if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. Really appreciate it. For Talk Theory to Me, I'm Turg and I'm Randy Z. Peace. There. <laughs> about a new pair of underwear for today (laughs) are you updating us on your real life expenses right now all right off bro (laughs) i don't think those are (laughs) again our perspectives our opinions on how we view millennials is that what you're waiting for you wanted me to come in with you (laughs) You want to hear it back, don't you? (laughs) Just follow the the flow and go. Okay. Oh, so my thoughts. This is why we fucking produce. Yeah. So my thoughts.
1: Jesus Christ. I knew this was going to happen. So my thoughts. Okay. Thoughts on millennials and entitlement. Cut.
0: I can see things clearer now. The rain. Oh man, I just gave you more fucking cannon fodder for the outtakes. (laughs) Cut and save. (laughs) Um.